What's up, everybody? Welcome back in to another Friday solo episode of Life Beyond the Briefs. I'm your host, Brian Glass, and I could not be any happier that January is over. As a guy who says things like build the kind of law firm where you can go on vacation without having to answer client emails, and you can have dinner with your family without having to check your phone, you would think that a month where I was out of the office probably 75% of the time, either traveling or at mastermind meetings or at annual retreats for the law firm and for great legal marketing would be like my ideal month. And of all the things that I did, I 100% would have selected individually to do every single one of them. Collectively, however, it is really hard to run two businesses, get home and show up for your family, produce a podcast, and do any client work all while you're traveling and being out of the office for 75% of the month. So I am happy to be in February and to not have any travel on my calendar until the end of March. What I want to tell you about today is the last bit of travel that was on my calendar in January, and that was the Abundance Winter Adventure and Mastermind up in Stowe, Vermont, which is a four-day event uh, filled with skiing, masterminding, hanging out with the guys, and generally getting inspired. Uh, this is my third year in Abundance. This is my third major event. And by this time, I generally know what to expect, which is there's going to be some business teaching. You are going to walk away with far more personal and relationship advice and tactical things to do than you do business stuff. And also that you're going to have to suffer through, I'm going to have to suffer through a whole lot of talk about real estate, which is not my industry because most of these guys are based somewhere in real estate. And so let me tell you, this isn't one of my top three takeaways, but it is just an interesting takeaway. Almost everybody who I talk to who is pivoting into a new asset class is pivoting into either mobile home parks or self-storage, which I think is a bad sign for the economy. If my friends are right about the fact that people are going to have to downgrade from apartments to mobile homes and move all of their stuff into self-storage, that is probably not a good thing for the economy. So just be aware. of. And when you go to these events, you do have to, as, as a real estate outsider, which I still consider myself, you have to suffer through a, a lot of conversations about cap rate and interest rates and occupancy rates and a lot of people who can do way more math in their heads than I can do. And I love it. I love hanging out with guys and, and learning new things. I definitely feel like um, the dumbest guy in the room when they start talking about real estate though. And so my intention when I go up there is almost never to come away with something tactical into business. It's almost never to learn how to do a new thing. There's plenty of conferences to go to for that. There are plenty of 101, 201 style real estate conferences. That's not why I show up. I show up to get inspired by these guys because they're all badasses and to connect with them and to try to form some long-term relationships. I'm going to get to the inspiration here in a minute, but I talk about going to these masterminds a lot and my preparation for showing up, which is a I like to look at the list if I can get a handle. I like to look at the list if I can get a hold of the list and figure out who's going to be there and make a plan for who I want to connect with. I didn't do a great job of that this time because I didn't realize that everybody's name was posted in the app until I was already there. But I do have a great list of things that I'm going to do after the conference in terms of connecting with people. I got about 10 names on my list. Five of them are just thank yous, guys that I connected with either in a small group who gave me some advice or guys that I heard something from a stage, wrote it down, and I'm going to act on it. I'm going to definitely send notes back to those guys, because the thing that lights me up the most 
when I'm on the other end of that is when I get a thank you from somebody who says, I heard something on your podcast or on somebody else's podcast or from the stage and it changed my life. That's why I produce this stuff for free for you guys. And so I want to pay that back 100% to anybody who's provided that to me. The next three on my list are guys who I might do deals with. At this point in my investing career, I don't really have the bandwidth to learn how to do any of this stuff or manage any real estate on my own, but I do investing as a limited partner in somebody else's deal and finding smart operators. And I think I've found three of them who I'm ready to deploy some money to. We Obviously, we need to do a little bit more due diligence and find out more about their deal and get the details. But at least I found three deals that are interesting to me during my time up there. And then the last two are newer guys to the organization. I think it's really important as we're building communities of people that the people who've been around for a couple of years reach out and reach down to the new guys to make them feel welcome. Because I think we forget what it is like to be the new guy. And this event was awesome for me because I've been there where you don't know anybody and you don't, as an introvert, like I don't really go up and introduce myself to people. But I've been around now at three major events. I've been on the Spartan Race team. I probably knew a third of the guys at the event. This is awesome. This is my sweet spot of I can say hi to people. I feel like I belong. And I want to make sure that we're providing that opportunity to new guys along the way. So those I got about 10 guys on my list to reach out to by phone or by text or by email over the course of the next week. Okay, on to what you clicked on this episode for, which is my three major takeaways from this event. So here's takeaway number one. And this comes from Colin O'Brady, who's a world explorer and adventurer and all-around badass. Colin was the keynote speaker on the win- on Wednesday night, closing the event. You can find a TED Talk on YouTube. If you don't know who Colin O'Brady is, he'll give you his full story, but it's awesome. Somebody who in Thailand when he was 21, 22, was jumping over a fire rope, something only 21 and 22-year-olds would do, caught both of his legs on fire, was told he would never walk again, made a goal to run triathlons, ended up winning triathlon, the Chicago triathlon, almost making it onto the U.S. triathlon Olympic team. When that chapter of his life closed, he went to go find other hard stuff to do rode a boat across the Drake Passage, which is the wildest patch of the ocean, and then was the first guy to ever walk unsupported, carrying all of his own food and tent and calories across the Antarctic continent, which is crazy. Colin's advice was this, embrace the lows. And I've gone through this patch where I've I've just had a bunch of lows and I haven't felt like I've had a high in a while. And what Colin said is we live our lives in these one to 10 scales and most people play safe. And most people, because they play safe, live in this mediocre middle of four to six, four to seven on the one to 10 scale because they've hedged and taken the ones and the twos off the table. Trying for the tens and failing is how you end up in the ones and the twos. And if you take the ones and the twos off the table, you will never hit a 10. And so that's resonating with me in terms of like, have I taken ones and twos and and the opportunity to fail off the table? And is that why I'm not having this big swing back in the pendulum? A similar conversation that I had about Lowe's was a conversation I was having. I had a couple of good chairlift conversations with people. And I was talking to this guy, a snowboarder who worked on the mountain. He worked in one of the restaurants at the resort. And we started talking about golf because he was explaining all the other things that they had on the resort. And I said, well, I don't really play golf, but it, I can understand the appeal because every once in a while, like you pipe one, 
and it goes straight and it goes for a long way. And so I could see how that can be addicting. It's like, yeah, that's like life. We have highs and we have lows. And we started talking about top 10 and the bottom 10%. And something that I'd heard recently is that you're going to have those bottom 10% days. That's just how a bell curve works. And the thing is that on during the course of a year, your bottom 10% makes up 36 days, which is three days a month. Like three days a month are going to be your bottom 10% days for your year. And when you put it into that perspective and you go, I feel like I'm having all these bad days. Yeah, you have to expect them because the bottom 10% is going to happen once every other week or so. And so when that happens, we've just got to embrace it. We've just got to understand that's part of the process and that having the bad days is the thing that shows us that we're working and it's a necessary requirement to have the good days on the opposite end of the spectrum. So I just thought that was interesting perspective. Takeaway number one, embrace your lows. Takeaway number two comes from Nick Stagerberg. Nick is a, a GoPro. He runs a company called Black Swan Real Estate, which owns $300 million in real estate and single family and multifamily real estate. Nick also has built three other $100 million startups, owns a real estate sales team and a construction company, and he's married with four kids and lives an all-around awesome life, sounds like. And what Nick said is, Every organization is a direct reflection on the leader. And that was going to punch some people in the gut because there's some law firm leaders out there that go, my team sucks. I hate my firm. Here's the thing is that everything that you dislike about your firm, you either created or recruited or you allowed it to exist. And some of us just need to look in the mirror and recognize where the problem actually lies and where the problem actually begins. Because everything that's going on in your organization is a direct reflection on you. And so we did this exercise where we drew out our organizational chart flowing down from us as far as you want to flow it down. If you have a 140-person organization, probably doesn't make sense to do this. But if you're running a law firm that's got 10 to 20 people in it, it's pretty easy to sketch out your whole organizational chart and then rank everybody in the organization, including yourself, on a scale from six to nine. Because you don't have anybody in your organization or you shouldn't have anybody in your organization who's a one to a five. If you have a one to a five, really, we can't help. And here's how these rankings break down. Six, six is 60%. Six is fire. Seven is somebody who's okay and serviceable. A nine is a rock star. And an eight is somebody with a little bit of coaching who may become a nine and may become a rock star. And the thing is that we aren't doing the sixes any favors by keeping them in our organization. And what we do is we go, they're nice, or I haven't given them enough opportunity, or I don't want to hurt their feelings. And the thing is that when we keep people who are operating at a 60% rate in our organization, we prevent them from being a nine somewhere else because everybody is a nine somewhere else. We prevent them from learning the thing that they are bad at so that they can change and be a nine somewhere else. But we do what we think is the kind thing and we keep those people on board and we allow them to flounder and we allow them to not be very good at their job. And they know it, they have to know it, and we know it, and it's no good for anybody. And so as you draw your organizational chart and you identify these sixes, you've got to start having hard conversations with them and making hard decisions. And then you want to look at the sevens and the eights and the nines. And what you want to make sure of here is that you don't have a seven who's in a managerial role who's managing a nine. And if you do, we got to figure out how to change that. Either it's elevate the nine 
or fire the seven and bring in a nine or an eight to manage them. Because nobody likes being managed by somebody who's a lower skill level or a lower competency level than they are. And that's how we lose elite people out of our organization. And I personally have this theory that too many entrepreneurs and too many law firm owners want to build up and coach our people to be just like us. We want to have entrepreneurial people in the organization. And it's a mistake because not everybody is an entrepreneur and not everybody needs to be a nine. But what you can't have is a nine who's managed by a seven or heaven forbid, a nine who's managed by a six. So if you have that going on, that's an immediate thing that you have to solve for in your organization. And what we did at the conference was we drew out our organizational chart, assigned numbers to everybody, and then went around in a circle and had to explain to the people at our table what we were going to do with the sixes who were still in the organizations and the sevens that were managing nines. And I promise you, if you do that exercise, it will open your eyes to deficits that you have in your law firm or in whatever business it is that you're running. And if you can find people that will hold you accountable to making changes in those sixes and sevens, your business will take off. Takeaway number three, inspiration. And this is why I show up to these events. And these little synchronicities show me that I'm in the right place at the right time. Matt King, who's the CEO of GoBundance, opens the event by saying this. There's two things that you can do with your life. You can make sugar water, and I don't really know what that means, but he used that phrase over and over. You can make sugar water, or you can change the world. And I want to change the world. And some people might say, isn't that a little bold? Who are you to change the world? Yes, of course it's bold. But why would you want to live your life any other way? And that little story or parable, or and I don't really even know what to call that, but it hit me right between the eyes. And it, it told me, this is the room. I'm just so thankful to be in that room because there are so many places in our lives where people tell us to chill or to be less intense or not try so hard. And if you're a lawyer or a law student, you know this and you've been through this because you've been in a room where somebody's like, oh, that person's a gunner or that person's a try hard or whatever. And I've been the one in the back of the room saying that about the people in the front. <laughs> it's not me anymore, but I 100%, I used to do that. And the thing is that as society, like we have these little slights and we have these offhanded comments about successful people and we just denigrate success. So I, we had a claim, an insurance claim for a pipe burst at our beach house. And I, I remember vividly, I'm on the phone with the insurance adjuster and I'm explaining the problem to her and she's like, oh, it's a vacation home. Oh, that must be nice. I'm like, yeah, it is nice. I worked really hard to get it and your company insures it. So take care of my problem. But we have these, oh, it must be nice. Or you, oh, it must be nice to be a mogul or uh, who does he think he is? He's Donald Trump buying investment properties. I've heard that one too from a neighbor. Hang out with that neighbor anymore. And it's just what happens. It's, I describe it as crabs in a bucket. Like you, you put one crab in the bucket and he can get out. He can crawl his way out. But you put 10 crabs in a bucket. Ain't nobody getting out because they're all pulling the one down as he's just about to exit the bucket. And it's just so amazing to be in a room and to hang out with people where the opposite is normal, where somebody is successful and you don't go, no, you must be lucky or you must have started with a lot. You go, how did you do that? And they tell you. It's, it's not normal in society. And so I'm just so thankful to be able to hang out in rooms like that 
And to be able to come back and share a little bit of that with you and with the team in both of my businesses, because there's this Marianne Williamson quote that I love from The Return to Love, which says, there's nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people don't feel insecure around you. And so my hope for you is this. My hope for you is that you find a community that does this for you. If you're a lawyer, I want to invite you to check out the GLM tribe because I think that we're doing this for the legal community. And so I'm going to drop a link for a discovery call if you're not a member of the GLM tribe and you want to get on and find out what it's more about. I'm going to drop a Calendly link for a discovery call for that in the show description here. My hope for you is that you find this inspiration in your life somewhere. doesn't have to be with us, but somewhere where you have people that celebrate wins because most of society does not. And you will go through your life in the mediocre middle if you are never allowed to try hard without feeling bad about it and fail hard, and if you are never allowed to let your light shine. So with that, have a great weekend. If you like Brian, he gives value. Did you hit the like button? Did you say thank you? Because that's how you say thank you. Did you share it with another attorney who you're like, dude, you got to figure this stuff out. Listen to Brian. Brian will help you. Be nice. Share. Hit the thing. Give a little love. I'm clipping that and I'm putting that at the end of every episode. So thank you for that. (laughs)